Hello and welcome to Stick Together, Australia's only national radio show all about workers' rights and social justice. Stick Together is produced at 3CR Radio in Melbourne and broadcasts to you around the country on Community Radio Network. I'm Dennis Rogatyuk. Well, the dust of the new Liberal Prime Minister has settled in and the workers and unions on all fronts have been gearing up for battles in the last couple of weeks. First up, the tram workers have at last scored a victory over Yarra Trams, with an agreement being reached between the company and the workers' union, the RTBU. According to the union's media release, the workers have won a pay rise of 17% over the next four years, in addition to other entitlements such as trauma and family violence leave, an increase in parental leave provisions, minimum working hours provisions for Monday through Sunday, and other improvements in their conditions. In the end, solidarity prevailed and the men and women who service our tram network have received a fair deal and good on them. Now an update regarding the maritime workers at Hutchinson's Port in Sydney in Brisbane. The community and union assemblies are holding firm and strong after more than 50 days since the start of the dispute. At the same time, the negotiations between the company and the union have been taking place with another meeting scheduled this week. Paul Garrett, the Assistant Branch Secretary of the MUA in Sydney, said in an interview with Jim McElroy from Greenleaf Weekly that public support for the community assembly is still strong. The solidarity from community, unions, political groups and internationally has kept up the spirits of sacked workers. Even an official post box has been set up at 97 Sirius Road, Port Botany, with the number chosen to reflect the number of workers sacked. So for those listening, if you want to send messages of solidarity to the maritime workers, here's the address. Sirius Road, Port Botany, New South Wales. In other news, the Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association has initiated an industrial campaign for a new pay deal for its members. After years of stagnation under the former State Secretary Kathy Jackson, the leadership of the union is looking forward to fighting for a fair deal for its members. Some of the biggest problems within the sector include severe understaffing, low pay, increased workloads, as well as an inadequate training for students and Speaking to The Age, the Union State Secretary Craig McGregor has vowed to negotiate good wages and conditions, as well as to replicate the success of the ambulance workers and secure a pay deal under the Labour government. The workers at Carlton and United Breweries Abbotsford have launched industrial action for the grand final week, seeking to improve pay and conditions amid, an, amid a stalled enterprise agreement. The unions covering the brewery workers are the CFMEU, United Voice and the Australian Manufacturing Workers Union. The H reports that the key hurdle in negotiations has been the company's offer of a three-year wage increase, with each of the three unions coming in support of their members' desire to provide a decent income for their families. The spokesperson for the CFMEU, which covers the forklift drivers, stated that Union members love enjoying the grand final with a beer as much as the next guy, but this dispute is about whether or not they can provide for their families. The proposed strike by the 180 workers for September 29th was averted in the last minute, 
when the company finally made a wage increase offer. In the official statement, the United Voice Victoria outlined the pay rises for existing and brewery staff will consist of 7.5% pay rises for the next uh, over the next three years. And finally, staying on the topic of United Voice, the Hospitality Workers Union organized a protest action on September 23rd to defend weekend and penalty rates for its members. Our new Prime Minister and the Productivity Commission have, in the past, made statements in support of the abolition of weekend and penalty rates. In response, Jess Walsh, the State Secretary of United Voice, and Dave Oliver, the Secretary of the ACTU, had some harsh words for them and a few cheers for the workers. Now, make no mistake that this is an attack on some of Australia's lowest paid workers. This is this cashed up, well-resourced employer lobby group reaching into the back pockets of hospitality workers in this country. Now, a hospitality worker who works in a restaurant in Melbourne, who works most weeknights, who works on the weekend, including penalty rates, today earns just $750 a week. Now that is half the Australian average wage, half. Is it right that this employer association is going after people who earn just half the average Australian wage? And as I look across the crowd and behind me on the stage here, I see that hospitality workers today are being supported by union members from across the whole union movement. I can see construction workers here, I can see the university sector here, I can see the rail tram and bus union here, I can see the nurses here. Now this is, a t this is an attack on hospitality workers. It's an attack on these people who work hard every day and who need those penalty rates to make ends meet, who want to be able to spend time with their families on the weekends like most of the rest of us do and who need to be compensated for that. But this is not an attack that hospitality workers are taking lying down. In fact, today hospitality workers are speaking up. Hospitality workers have been in the Fair Work Commission today and we're joined today by people who have had the courage to speak out and speak up and stand up for penalty rates today. And I want to introduce two people today who have been part of the campaign to protect their penalty rates in hospitality. So please big, give a big warm welcome to John and Erin who are going to talk to you today about why penalty rates are important to them. Thank you, Jess. I'm a pub worker from Fertree Gully, and I've been in the, uh, in the game for 20 years. We are, as Jess said, the lowest paid workers in Australia, and I work every weekend just to boost my money so my wife and I uh, can have uh, a reasonable existence. Only reasonable, not top class, but we get by. But to do that, I must work weekends. I also have 21 grandchildren. Yeah, my mob's not bad. And part of working weekends, I get to miss out on seeing football, netball, presentations, christenings, whatever, um, because I chose to work the weekends. Now, if they want to take our penalty rates away, what am I doing? I won't be there weekends, that's for sure. Kate Cornell, who heads up the... Uh, the Chamber of Commerce has been banging on for months now that by reducing or getting rid of penalty rates will make room for more workers. To me, I say that is absolute bullshit. 
her, her agenda and the agenda for her members is to increase their bottom line. That's it. That's what it was designed to do, nothing else. So this about increasing uh, the workforce force is absolute crap. Um, Tony Abbott's gone, thank Christ. But don't, don't forget that Turnbull has been in that uh, cabinet for two years and they've rubber stamped all this so he's got to be a part of rubber stamping it as well. So we must let them know because if we don't and this gets through and we roll over, you can see work choices coming back with a vengeance. Thank you. And we're all here today standing in solidarity with hospitality workers who are on the front lines of this attack on penalty rates. And we all know that if hospitality workers lose their penalty rates, then the employers are gonna go after the rest of us as well. And that's why we need to stand together, stand strong and unite in one strong union movement to fight this attack on penalty rates. And we're very pleased to welcome to the microphone the person who is leading that charge across the union movement, the Secretary of the ACTU, Dave Oliver. We also want to recognise the fantastic contribution that hospitality workers make to our community. And that's why we are deeply concerned that in addition to the hearings that are going on down the road in the Fair Work Commission, we've also got the other commission, the Productivity Commission, which will be the Trojan horse to deliver work choices, Mark II. But the Productivity Commission has passed down a recommendation suggesting that hospitality workers in this country are second-class citizens. Now, someone mentioned Kate Carnell. Kate Carnell from the business group came out almost a year ago. She announced to the world that she was going to spearhead a campaign against penalty rates across this country. Our response was fairly clear and precise. What we said to Kate Carnell, if you're going to make a raid on the pay packets of workers in this country, well, you're going to get a fight. You're going to get a fight from the union movement because we'll fight you in our workplaces, we'll fight you in our communities, we'll fight you in the courts, and I know that we will win this battle. Now, down the road, the employers will be mounting up and we'll know what their arguments are. Employers are out there running an argument that we now live in a seven-day-week society. Now, we'll buy that argument if we can send our children to school on the weekend we play our major sporting event grand finals during the week, or Parliament might decide to sit on a weekend. But over the last 25 years, the percentage of workers that work Monday to Friday has dropped by an enormous 1%, from 70% to 69%. So we know in this country, we value our weekends. And if anyone, irrespective of what industry you work in, hospitality, construction, manufacturing, transport, emergency services. If you are required to work on weekends, you deserve to be adequately compensated for it. And the other thing the employers don't take into account, that if the employers get their way, and if penalty rates are stripped out of the economy, that will rip millions, if not billions of dollars out of our economy. It'll be a reverse stimulus and it will hurt the very businesses 
that this mob are supposed to be representing. Because that money's out of the community, it means less money to spend in the enterprises that this organisation represents. And if they have their interest in hearts, they should be up there defending penalty rates as is and leave them alone. We now have a new Prime Minister who just 24 hours ago was in the media saying that he is not interested in waging a war with the trade union movement. Well, my message to the new Prime Minister, Malcolm, actions speak louder than words, and the first thing you can do to back that up is to make a public statement to say that you don't support the employer's move to strip penalty rates out of workers, not only in this industry, but right across the board as well. Tune in to Stick Together, all about workers' rights and social justice. 8.30am Wednesday, 6.30am Thursday, 7am Saturday. Or listen on demand on 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio Network. For the remainder of our show, we will discuss the latest protest actions against the company Transfield by the union movement in the wake of its mistreatment of workers and complacency in Australia's atrocious refugee rights policy. Hundreds of trade unionists and refugee rights activists gathered outside its Melbourne office at St Kilda on Friday, September the 25th. Among those present were representatives of the AMWU, No Business and Abuse, Refugee Action Collective and other organizations. Transfield is a mega corporation that employs over 19,000 workers across industries, including utilities and defense, in addition to administrating the refugee detention centers in Nauru and Manus Island. The company is also involved in a dispute with the Electrical Trades Union after sacking 120 workers whilst advertising for temporary overseas workers' positions. We now have with us Craig Kelly, the Assistant Secretary of the Victorian branch of the Australian Manufacturing Workers' Union. Craig, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Stick Together today. Yeah, thank you. Excellent. And uh, Craig, could you tell us um, uh, a bit about a bit more about the um, recent mobilisation against Transfield that took place um, uh, last Friday? Particularly, how did the how did all these diverse groups uh, come about? Okay. Well, look, how this come about is that um, in recent times, industrially, the um, relationship that Transfield has with the union movement had um, taken a um, to use one of our organisers' words, had done a 180 degree um, um, turn on their the way they deal with unions. And when I say this, um, we we deal with Transfield, well, the AMW do in defence. Um, you know the maintenance in the oil and gas, the power industry, um, the petrochem, and um, with many maintenance contracts in the hospitals. Now, what what had changed is that they they had a, a, a number of people who had been you know with Transfield for a long period of time um, and knew how to deal with um, you know a large corporation and. Any large corporation, you know, does have a, a unions that represent their workers. So they they'd actually, um, I wouldn't say they were, you know, we always saw eye to eye, but we're always able to, um, 
you know, um, can deal with issues and uh, get on with the business. But they, um, a number of these people either, you know, uh, moved on, resigned, or, you know, that's the official story. And they had a new regime coming, and they they were introducing, you know, policies without any consultation. They just wouldn't take any um, any views that you know, their representing unions had taken up on behalf of the workers. So we'd seen this pattern of behaviour, um, and it wasn't about to change. So um, at one of our recent organisers meetings. Uh, one of our organisers said, "Look, you know, this is. Uh, I think we need to, um, you know, mobilise and have a bit of a protest against Transfield." Mm -hmm. And really, at that point, I think it was um, it was quite apparent that, well, the question you got to ask yourself, well, why haven't we done this before? Because you know, while whilst their um, relationship with the unions had changed, but they had been uh, engaged um, for. Uh, a longer period of time with um, you know, the Manus Island and, and the Nauru detention centres. So it was it was pretty much, um, yeah, that was the, the way the protest come about. Um, and then, you know, the, through the, uh, the various unions and the trades hall, um, that's, that's how the, um, the, the other groups, the community groups come involved. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, so it, it certainly feels like uh, there is now there's a lot of scope there for this in this in the case of Transfield for the union movement and the refugee rights movement to finally work together on a consistent basis on on an ongoing uh, uh, basis. Well, yeah, that, that's if there there's a willingness there. Um, I think with with Transfield, I, I get the impression that they are. They they are sort of uh, roped into this secrecy that the federal government, yeah, you know, um, try to maintain. Um, so whether there's a scope for them, um, for Transfield to actually start having a look at the issues, um, that that's another question. But I think there's there's always a scope for the um, the ongoing you know um, campaign with the unions and the um, community groups to actually change you know the the. You know, political sentiment out there in the community because um, yeah, we've seen you know, seen this for a long period of time and it hasn't really you know, rated very highly or as highly as it should have on an issue that needs you know, a resolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, Greg, could you tell us uh, briefly about say the state of the union movement with regards to the refugee rights campaign as a whole? Um, look, it's probably fair to say I think every union um, and, and I can't speak for the other unions, but um, the impression I get is that it rates with every union. But um, you know, we've been under so much attack uh, politically, economically, and we've had our own, you know, our own issues to deal with immediately. Um, so, you know, really, with regards to the um, the human rights uh, with the asylum seekers, I think this is something that. Um, we probably all need to, you know, pick up on and and you know, sort of have a bit more of a coordinated approach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in, well, sort of in the broad sense, uh, we've seen the refugee rights campaign taking on different directions. You know, we've seen we've seen the protests by the medical staff against the Border Force Act earlier in the year, and um, we've seen this recent protest against Transfield 
and we've seen mobilizations by the refugee rights groups so on Palm, Palm Sunday March and this yeah, upcoming October yeah. 10th uh, March. But there doesn't seem to be like a consistent unified campaign of you know of bring, that brings together refugee rights groups, human rights groups, you know, unions, all, all, all you know, on an ongoing basis. So, uh, do you, uh, what do you think we might be able, we 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 could actually do sort of, as unions to help to help bring bring everybody together? I think it's just to really uh, join join the dots with the mm. with the groups that are already you know, doing the work and have been doing that work for a period of time. Uh, I, I do know that the, the trades haulers um, have you know it's a strong issue with them, and perhaps it's a uh, it's a you know something for the trades hall to coordinate the unions. I'm sure they wouldn't. I can't speak on behalf of them, but um, I'm sure they wouldn't oppose. Yeah, that that direction. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I guess one of the campaigns um, that uh, quite quite a few unions in Australia have signed up for was the the boycott, divestment, and sanctions campaign against uh, the Israeli occupation of uh, Palestine. And this really sort of it's a really sort of coordinated movement. It's an example of a coordinated movement between unions, human rights group, political groups, uh, all. All targeting corporations, companies that uh, either profit from or are actively engaged in the occupation of Palestine, um, and you know that doesn't look like uh, Australia's anti-refugee policy is going to end anytime soon. So, do you think there's some scope here for a, uh, a similar campaign like the BDS on national, international scale against companies like Transfield or against other companies that uh, you know profit or are engaged in abuses on? I think the work that um, the no business in abuse have been done and, mm -hmm. and um, they, they don't claim all the credit for that. I think there has been a coordinated activity there. Um, but that, that certainly has you know, has been quite effective so far with the uh, HESTA um, you know, having an ethical um, investment you know, uh, strategy. Uh, I dare say that would have been the um, the reason why they um, they withdrew their investments with Transfield. There has been other examples um, within the arts and you know various communities, but you know I think that's probably um, you know, an area that really has got some you know, some good you know good opportunities. Mm -hmm. And because there's um, one of the uh, another key um, wave. Uh, way for not just the unions but union members to actually get involved in this campaign is to lobby their super funds yeah. to divest, to yep. actively divest from and not engage in any any type of uh, financial um, you know agreements with com with companies that like trans like Transfield and like like the others. Yeah, yeah I, I think that that you're exactly right. That they uh, just need um, everything's a lot of that information's available. Mm. It just needs um, a bit of a coordinated approach for. Um, organisations to have a look at um, whether they've got an association with an industry fund, whether they you know, um, sit on a board of a, a fund or something that um, uh, most, most um, organisations have got ethical investment strategies and well, I think this one is absolutely right up that alley because mm -hmm. um, you know the reports that have you know come out are, are quite disturbing. I don't think anyone um, could could say that um, 
you know, over, uh, Transfield overseeing um, Manus Island and Aru, where there's you know suicides, you know rapes and children um, and abuse. I, I think it's just um, appalling. Uh, one last thing here, uh, Craig. Now, one of the biggest obstacles, I think, to changing the attitudes, I say, of, of the government, but also the general public um, in Australia as a whole, is media and education. Yeah. You know, uh, and um, so, do you think that uh, say unions like the AMW, like ETU, Big Trades Hall, ACTU, do you think we we could do more to educate, well, at least our own members uh, uh, about, say, about um, you know? The crisis of, of, of refugees, because let's not forget, crisis of refugees comes about uh, as a crisis of capitalism, a crisis of imperial, yeah. uh, crisis of, of, of imperialism. So, yeah. what, what, do you think we could do more about? Uh, well, look, I, I think um, from the AMW's perspective, our membership is is really quite diverse, and, and I'd certainly welcome any of our members, activists or delegates who feel strongly about this to. To, to get involved, um, we would certainly, you know, really value that, because, um, you know, uh, from you know from the top down, there's there's uh, there's opportunities there, but it's always better if our membership base is fully engaged in the campaign and it's actually representative of our membership anyway. So many of our members have actually benefited from you know sort of fair um, resettlement programs and migration. Um, and you know that that goes back many many decades, and and that's you know the the makeup of the Australian community. So yeah, so certainly from the AMW's perspective, I think you know we would like to do much more. Mm -hmm. Greg, uh, thanks thanks a lot for joining us and uh, stick together today. Okay, thanks very much. That was Craig Kelly from the AMW wrapping up our show today. For all those passionate about standing up for rights of refugees, don't forget the rally on October 11th at State Library at 2pm. The Union contingent will be gathering at 1.45pm. Also, our comrades at Socialist Alternative will be hosting a one-day conference on union activism and history on October 17th at Trades Hall. For more info, pop by their office at Trades Hall or grab a copy of Red Flag. Well, that'll be all for Stick Together this week. I'm Dennis Rogachuk. I'd like to once again thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for its financial support of the program. Uh, thank you for listening for today's episode, and we hope you tune in same time next week. <laughs>